Let us pray. O Lord God, open our hearts to your word for us on this day, that we can be shaken to the very foundations of our lives with the newness that you promise in this glorious day that we celebrate. Amen. Well, worship on Easter is sometimes like, well, like watching reruns of the news. You already know the story and the rest of the story. You know it feels like old news because you've heard it so much. And yet, on Easter Sunday, when I preach on a day like this, it's supposed to be good news. It's supposed to be good, that is, positive and encouraging. And it's supposed to be news that is fresh and current and about now, not some previous time. Well, this is my 32nd time of preaching on Easter Sunday. So on the one hand, it's old story, it's old hat for me. I hear the same scriptures read over and over because, well, quite frankly, there aren't that many scriptures that are different. Yet the Easter story is always fresh and new and exciting. Because it's as William Sloan Coffin said just before he died, I have experienced Christ not as memory but as a presence. You see, it's not that God changes the story, but the way that we see it, the way that you experience it in the present. Faith and its implications in life is renewed when the risen Christ is experienced in the present tense. And another reason that the gospel news is not simply reruns of old stories is that Christianity is under attack today. Consider these recent questions about the integrity and the place of Christianity in the world. Newsweek's cover article this week is entitled, The Decline and Fall of Christian America. Last year, director James Cameron released a new made-for-television film called The Lost Tomb of Jesus, where he claims that an archaeological team has found the very bones of Jesus and his family. Years and years ago, a minister-to-be during his examination for ordination was asked this simple question. If the bones of Jesus were found somewhere in Palestine, would that destroy your faith? Is your faith, as Paul warned, in vain? You see, that possibility has now been raised to a new level. And we've got to think about that. There are now numerous books that are out there challenging the faith. Faith in general, but specifically our Christian faith. Richard Dawkins wrote the famous The God Delusion, that you're delusional if you believe in God. Or 
Sam Harris's book, A Letter to a Christian Nation, which questions the very core truth of Christianity. Newsweek magazine a year or so ago featured a conversation, or if you will, a debate between Sam Harris and Rick Warren. Rick Warren, who pastors Saddleback Church and has over 25,000 people in attendance on each Sunday of the year. You see, the interest in religion in general and this questioning of Christianity in America is heightened in today's world. And there are several reasons for this. One is the rising influence of different faiths, uh, Muslim, spiritualistic religions, and even non-faith, like atheism, is becoming a faith of non-belief. And then there's the control of the U.S. leadership by the religious right until recently that laced the language of diplomacy in religious ideals and moral superiority, which has created this huge backlash against our nation and the Christian faith. Such challenges of our Christian hegemony should drive us deeper into understanding our core Christian values and would urge us, I believe, to seek to go deeper in our understanding. This is Easter Sunday, and we celebrate and we worship Jesus Christ, God that is made known to us in Jesus Christ. And yet there are two ways that the world has tried to get rid of Jesus. First, by crucifying him, and second, by worshiping him. Let me explain. The first way that the world rids itself of the Savior is to crucify him, both in the physical sense of his agonizing death on the cross 2,000 years ago, and in the attacks on the Christian idea of God's power in Jesus to transform lives daily. That's one way that they've tried to crucify Christ, the Savior, over again and again. And God's response to this challenge is the resurrection victory that we are celebrating today. An empty tomb, Jesus let loose in the world. God's power of newness is made known in the world today and tomorrow and every day. And God is victorious over and over again. And crucifixion cannot hold God down. And the second way that the world rids itself of the Savior is to invite us to only worship Him just to worship, often a passive act of pew-sitting and nothing more. In churches, Christ is always in danger of being domesticated. Too many members think of him as that sort of first-century Fred Rogers, a warm, friendly, parental figure wearing a nice sweater and singing about the nice neighborhood. And Jesus himself answers this challenge 
He doesn't invite us to sit in the pew and listen, but he says, get up and follow me. And he announces in scripture that I am the way, suggesting you ought to be on your way and not just sitting around. This second and this ongoing attempt to get rid of Jesus by having us just simply pew sit and worship him is really a modern invention of ignoring, ignoring the power of God as Trinity. See, the world boxes God in this nice wrapper of a package. As a warm, fuzzy man who walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. But there's more. If we only sing that hymn, we're making God in Christ Jesus only to be an object of friendship and fellowship, rather than a transforming eternal power that bursts forth from the tomb that could not hold him. And so Jesus invites us to follow him, to be faithful to the call. Thus, faith becomes a trusting without reservation, following where he leads, not only sitting in quiet contemplation of worship of the great works that God has done, but of actively living a 21st century alternate lifestyle with bold love and absolute faith. Well, let me ask you about your resurrection experience. What's new for you? Where is God working and transforming in your life? It happens, you know. People do have such experiences when they welcome themselves to them. A person told me how a Monday Thursday worship service took her one step deeper in understanding the love and the sacrifice of God. A series of events and experiences moved her closer to God and she had her own resurrection experience, her transformation, her conversion. How about my resurrection experience? Let me be personal for a minute. The past three years have been hard in our family. Both the death of my father-in-law and then my father, my best friend moving away and moving my mother here to Salt Lake into an Alzheimer's or a memory care unit. The economic meltdown that dampened my pre-retirement enthusiasm and hope and expectations. And I thought that God was leading me in a clear direction, and suddenly I was moving in another direction. It was as though I got caught in a diagonal current or a crosswind that moved me in a totally surprising and an unanticipated direction. After all, I'm here and not there. What in the world is God thinking? But after some reflection, I can see that this is indeed a resurrection experience for me. 
Sharing this story is not meant to be some spiritual exhibitionism on my part where I make myself the center and I reveal all. But I do think that my personal experience illustrates how God surprises still today, still making things new. Easter faith encourages us with the truth of God's continual offering of newness and new life for you and you and for all of us, for you and the choir, you up in the balcony. It indeed is newness and life-giving. Like all people, we get discouraged by the world around us and our work in it. We get tired and we get grumpy. We become numb to the needs of others as we focus on our own needs that just seem so overwhelming at times. There's never enough time or money, too many demands, too much violence and war and change and having to think in new ways, to learn new technologies just to be able to communicate and to keep up with if you're on Twitter or Facebook. And how to, you have to buy new programs and learn them to keep up with the changes that are going on. And what we discover is that the old ways no longer contain the map to follow in order to find our way in the 21st century. If we use that old map, most of the routes and byways are missing. We despair of the precariousness of the environment and the decline of our North American culture in which we live and work. And then, and then God takes a two-by-four and he hits us up the side of the head. And the light goes on. It's more than just the stars of growing unconsciousness. It's an insight into the life in all of its wonders. We suddenly see the world in a different way. While all of our concerns are probably legitimate, we see the world with new eyes and we recognize that we have a very good life, a blessed life. In spite of all of the difficulties, we can truly say that we are very blessed and give thanks to God for that truth. Well, then this new realization affirms that Christianity is a huge gift in the world. And Christianity has huge demands. The gift of God's love and the demands of human possibility. Christianity has certainly not been tried and found wanting. It has been tried and it's been found to be difficult And it's been found that we dumb it down again and again. But Christianity has not been found wanting. Because the tomb is open and Jesus is on loose. Here in our world 20 centuries later. It's impossible to live life fully without trust. And you have to act wholeheartedly without absolute certainty of what's next. So my challenge to you this Easter Sunday is this. If you're a Christian, be a big one. Remember what old Arrhenius said. The glory of God is a human being fully alive. 
I believe Jesus wants us to live big and that join in all that which is life-giving in his name. The light of the world is far beyond a feel-good, positive glow in the universe. It is the life, the heartbeat of the universe. Easter resurrection teaches people how to discover what is life-giving in individuals and in the organizations in which we belong and to orient our own choices purposefully around all that which is life-giving at its core. Jesus' resurrection teaches people to discover and live in the Easter new life, a life that flows from their God-given purpose and a life that transcends ideas of positive or negative. Because Easter is not just a positive experience, a beautiful once-a-year worship time when we wear new hats and get new clothes and ordain the sanctuary with lots of flowers. Easter is the life-giving yes from God that echoes through the universe for all of eternity. So what's new this Easter? The tomb is empty and Jesus is on the loose. So watch out and praise God. Hallelujah. Amen.